0: If we read the Gospels on their surface, and just stay at the surface level, there are times where Jesus comes off as, uh, there's no way to uh, mince words, but he comes off kind of as a jerk, doesn't it? And today, this Gospel passage is one of those where uh, this woman is calling, and he doesn't even acknowledge her presence and when, when he does acknowledge her presence, he basically says, yeah, I'm not dealing with her. Uh, you know, so, and yet she begs for help. And he does help, but after he seemingly calls her a dog. This is not a good thing. But again, that is on the surface. If we read a little deeper, we realize a little bit more what's going on. He's withdrawing to the region of Tyre and Sidon, perhaps uh, withdrew, it sounds like he's doing a little retreat, or or, or, whether it's military or prayer retreat, uh, both are uh, kind of acceptable perhaps, but really I think it's more he drew himself into that region, and he did did that for one reason. Tyre and Sidon were not Jewish territory, they were Gentile territory, pagan territory. And he went there, uh, we, we find later, he went there perhaps to find the lost sheep, or at least some of the lost sheep of Israel. He went there to proclaim his presence to the Jewish people of that territory. And so this woman who is a Canaanite, a Gentile, and those that are familiar, uh, well, Canaanite could be a catch-all for somebody of, of uh, Gentile origin. Uh, it's what is kind of a you know how uh, you know. Our, technically speaking, a Canadian is American, but most of us, when we hear that, well, I'm an American, we think the United States of America is a citizen is kind of the same thing, a catch-all. But she's definitely not Jewish. And Jesus, all the same, she calls out. Lord, Son of David. I find myself, when we have these, or certainly the demons, I can understand how they understand who Jesus is because they're, they're given some, some knowledge. And yet, uh, this woman, how does she know that he is Lord and the Son of David? Because some of the Jewish people don't recognize him as Lord and Son of David. And, and and it's not this is not just a, a nice term for for somebody who's jewish or awaiting the uh, the king the messianic king or anything like that this is he is the king he is the messiah he is the lord how is this the disciples want her to be just sent away because you get i get the sense anyway that she's disturbing them and when he's he he replies he's replying with his mission That being said, and maybe you've you've experienced this, and I certainly have, and I've experienced it recently, where somebody had an expectation for me that they didn't inform me of, and I simply had to say, I can't do this at this time. Does that make me a jerk? Or does that mean I need to do what I've already been committed to do, and I'm sorry, I can't meet your need, but some people would say, yeah, that makes me a jerk, Other people would say, well, you know, you had your mission. And Jesus himself would seem to fall into that second camp. That he understood his mission was first to the lost sheep. And when this woman comes and does does him homage and begs him again directly, he responds, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Now this sounds like an insult to her. But I think it's a test more on her, a test of faith. See, we, we often are caught up in our own worldview of, of, of dogs as pets. I joked, I, I, joke I think God no one has such a, such a high view of, of dogs that we don't have to deal with uh, teacup tea poodles and shih tzus and, and uh, uh, the little ankle biters uh, 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 here in church. You know, but some, some culture or some people, you know, they take their, their dog wherever they go. The dog is is considered a part of their family. Pope Francis has pointed out, you know, when your dog is more important than your child, we have a problem. And time and again, that seems to be the, the world view that we have currently. But in the Jewish, in the days of Jesus, the Jews, the Jews had a very different view of dogs. They were outside animals. They were not allowed in the house. They were... They were prone to making things dirty, not only unclean uh, ritually, but dirty. And so they were left outside. For the Canaanites, though, dogs were an inside animal. They they, uh, very much had the same attitude towards dogs that many of us do. The dogs were, were part of the family, in the house. Well, if that's true, then we can see what Jesus is saying. It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it out to the dogs. While they're still eating the meal, you're you're throwing out throwing the meal to the dogs. That makes sense, right? We wouldn't want that's rude. While the children are still eating, but she's saying no, no. I have an I'm an inside dog. I'll just take a scrap. And how many of us have? Uh, when we've had dogs, and I know we did this when I was a child, and we had a dog, Newman. Newman had the most crooked teeth I've ever seen. Uh, he, he was an interesting little dog. But he'd sit at our at our feet, and, and he'd wait for that little scrap of fat or that little, that little piece of meat. He would eat whatever we gave him, the little scrap. When she replies like this, she is saying, I know I don't deserve the full food of the children. I just want a scrap, and I'm at, the, I'm at your feet waiting for that scrap. This is an act of faith. This is really shows that Jesus is not dismissing her, but rather testing her. But there's something more for us to reflect on as, as she, she goes and is healed. She receives that scrap, but we, re, we might be able to reflect on a little bit more Why is it that so many Jewish people of that day and age didn't have that same faith? How many of them uh, were not able to submit themselves and give themselves to say, Lord, Son of David? And this is not condemning them, but rather an acknowledgment that they often did not know what they had received in Jesus Christ. And to be honest, we see that in St. Paul's uh, letter today. St. Paul telling uh, to the Romans that he's speaking to us as Gentiles. Most of us have very little Jewish blood, if we have any. Thank God for St. Paul, who uh, heard the call, and while the church, the early church, heard the call to uh, preach the gospel to us. And he's saying, and elsewhere he says, How I wish I were condemned so that some of my brothers in the Jewish faith would be saved, but he's going to be faithful. He's preaching that gospel, but they've rejected it. And because they've rejected it, because they are no longer eating at the table, the gospel is being given not as scraps, because that would imply the gospel is worthless, but the gospel as a full meal is given to the Gentiles. And yet St. Paul says that the gifts and call of God are irrevocable. Uh, A number of years ago, one of my college uh, professors, a, a priest, was removed from his position. And when I heard the full reason, and I I found him a phenomenal teacher and a very faith-filled teacher, a very faith-filled priest and excellent preacher, when I found out the reason, I was disheartened. He had said in a publication that he had written that we need to pray for the conversion of our Jewish brothers and sisters. And somebody, apparently high-ranking in the church, disagreed. And they both had scriptural evidence for their stance. The one who disagreed, of course, said that, well, you know, they are heirs. They are the children of God, the chosen people. The, and God's call is irrevocable. God's call is permanent. It's not, not able to be removed. And so they're saved. But Father replied that if they're saved, they're saved through Jesus Christ, just like any of us. That's through Jesus Christ, and so we need to proclaim the gospel to them, to proclaim the good news, and we're not condemning them. It's the same thing that this week there was that particular woman who, who uh, wrote a little tweet saying that if we have any hope at all, it's in Jesus Christ, and she was accused of bigotry and, and various other things. Is it bigotry to say that we need Jesus? Is it bigotry to say Jesus is the only way, the only salvation? If it is, then we're all bigots. And maybe we need to lessen the impact of that word because it is a reality. Jesus is our salvation. He is our hope. But for our Jewish brothers and sisters, how do we reconcile this? That they are, yes, the the chosen people of God, that God God chose them very specific and particular, that he poured his love, his mercy, his grace on them, and from them came our Savior, and yet we need to pray for them. God's call is irrevocable. It's when he gives, gives a call, when he gives gifts, they're irrevocable. But what can happen is something that I, I witnessed, and I've shared this story maybe way too many times, but a particular family I'm aware of, at Christmas, they would open up their gifts, they would ooh and awe over the gifts, and promptly put them back in the, in the box and under the tree. And I asked, well, why do you do that? Well, they found out when the kids were little that the toys would break, or the batteries would die, or or the sweater would get a run in it, or whatever it is, and they wanted it nice, at least for Christmas. I said, well, even if the gift is damaged, that what else would show that they love that gift so much than to risk damaging it? Well, it's a different worldview, perhaps. But it's the same is true with the gifts and call of God. Some of us take that gift, and we... Probably we oh wow what a wonderful gift, and then we don't use it. We don't let it be active in our lives. We don't activate it and let it have influence in our lives. And perhaps the same is true for the call of God to our Jewish brothers and sisters. That while that call is still there, they're not active on it. They just rest in it. Well, I got that call, so so I I can rest in it. Or how many Catholics who have been baptized? well, I don't need to go to church, I don't need to live the faith, I don't need to live a moral life, I don't need to seek the Lord, I don't need to pray, I don't need to read the scriptures, I don't need this, I don't need that. Or worse, I was baptized so I can do whatever I want. Or worse. And I, I hear this uh, on some of, my, uh, some of our um, Christian brothers and sisters, non-Catholic, that this once-saved-always-saved thing, and again, it might be come from this, this line, the gifts of, and call of God are irrevocable. Once saved, always saved. As long as I profess with my mouth I believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that's all that matters. And it doesn't matter after that point what I do. So I can become a serial murderer. And I'm not talking eating bowls of cereal successively. I can, I can be in, become an adulterer. I can be involved in all sorts of, of sexual sins. I can be involved in all sorts of of moral quandaries, all sorts of financial uh, sins and, and embezzlement and theft. I, I, can, I can manipulate and torture people. I can do whatever I want because I am saved. The call of God is irrevocable. The gifts of God are irrevocable. They're still there, but they're not being used. The Lord wants us to use those gifts, to risk them, to use them. God calls each and every one of us. He's given gifts to each and every one of us, gifts unique to each and every one of us, gifts that this church needs, not only this parish, but our diocese, this world needs. Gifts that this, this world very much needs in your workplaces, in your homes, in your, in your families, in your extended families, in your friendships. These gifts are irrevocable. God wants them to be used, though, we can't just simply say we we have the gift rather we have to use it our Jewish brothers and sisters too as the children of God the beloved children of God they've been given a profound gift from them came our Lord Messiah but we need to pray for their conversion too pray for the conversion of all the world pray for our own conversion that we don't just simply say, well, I was baptized Catholic, therefore it's good enough. But now live that faith. Live it out in a world that needs it. Someday we'll understand more fully, totally, the gift and the call of God. But for now it suffices to know that it's irrevocable. Once God has given it, he's not going to call it back. Once God has given it, he wants it to be put into action.